This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. So we're back. We're back after uh, a couple days off. Uh, Andrew was walking in Lafayette Park where he lives, and a piano fell out of the sky. And he's okay, but his body is now shaped like an accordion, and it does make accordion noises when he walks. Uh, his teeth have been replaced by piano keys, but we're here to do the show for you today. We're going to make some picks. Yeah, and the doctor said by Tuesday everything should be fixed. I should be looking back to normal. So good, excellent. They're gonna they're gonna grab you like a towel and shake you like a magician does, mm-hmm. and it'll flatten you right out. That's good. That's, yeah, and then it's just a two day waiting period while I reinflate. So okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we might uh, we might do some Lions talk since we didn't get to do a show uh, on Sunday because of Andrew's uh, accordion waste. Uh, so mm-hmm. this might be like a longer picks pod today. I guess we'll see. Uh, yeah, but, we'll just, we'll uh, just... how do you feel about this slate of games? And the way I felt all three weeks that we do it, where I'm going into it going, oh my God, this is so hard. These spreads are so weird. It's either like super heavy one side or super heavy the other side. And it just feels like nothing is like right on that line you like to ride when you're picking sports. Um, but we're doing all right so far, so yeah, I'm just going to keep trucking through it. I mean, we, just just to get everybody caught up on the standings, Parker, you are now 6-2 and two after a 2-2 two and two week last week, 4-0 and oh week, week one. You got the Cardinals and the Titans last week. You missed the Panthers, the Rams, which were your lock, and Washington, which was your money line upset. We both missed that. I am now 6-2 and two after a 2-2 two and two week one. A four and a week two, so a little role reversal yeah, there. Yeah, nice week for you. I got, sure. yeah, I got the Bears, Steelers, Titans, the Cardinals, which were my lock, and then of course we didn't know last week, but I got the Broncos as well over the Patriots, uh, which I told you to watch out for that money line, everybody. I told you to watch out for that money line, uh, and then I missed Washington, which also cost me a five leg parlay that would have won me $600 because they decided to go for two. The only game I missed on that five legs. So that one hurt bad. Um, but we're actually going to be talking about Washington a little bit later. The, dude, are you going to bet on Washington again? Stop. Stop doing that. Stop betting on Washington. All right. We'll we might as well. We might as, why don't you make your first book and tell me. Let's just go right into that specifically. Yeah, okay. Fine. I got the Washington – Football team no. plus one versus Andy Dalton and the Cowboys. Uh, and it's the same reasoning for last week that didn't work. But it would have worked if they just kicked the field goal and went to overtime. And that is the pr- – we know Andy Dalton can't throw the ball under pressure. He just can't do it. He's going to turn the ball over, and Washington is going to get to the quarterback. I don't think Zach Martin's playing. So that Dallas offensive line just got even worse. And in this division that is going to continue to fight for the woke division, the worst division of all time, I think Washington is going to get themselves into the hunt here uh, <laughs> with at least at least five sacks against Dallas, at least two Andy Dalton turnovers. And not to mention, we saw Zeke fumbling the ball all over the yard last week. So the Cowboys are not turnover immune and against a defense that can cause pressure like this. I like the matchup. I know they cost me $600 last week. I don't care. I'm going Washington again, plus one against the Cowboys. Uh, I don't trust anybody who thinks that they know how this game is going to go. I just, this game's so, this is the dumbest game. This is going to be like, 
this is going to be a game like where if you told me like Andy Dalton throws four TDs, but then has three interceptions and like that was the first seven drives, I'd believe that. Uh, I'd have no problem with that. It's going to be a weird. It's going to be a weird game. I'm staying away from it. Uh, there's a bunch of games that are like just kind of weird. Who's Let the quarterback for Washington? Who's their starting quarterback? Uh, what's his name? Kyle Allen. Okay. Yeah. Are you sure. So- Yes, yes, I read that today. Uh, I mean, you can't, you can't throw Alex Smith out there right now. He was a deer in headlights, man. Like <laughs> you can't, you yeah, just can't play him. Yeah. I mean, really, uh, and I never thought I'd see the day where I said this because I was always on board of the Dwayne Haskins is horrible bandwagon. Uh, but really, I think they should be starting Dwayne Haskins. I think so too. I think they should be too. I've started to see like a couple of sports media people be like, actually, I think the Washington football team is good branding. Stop doing that. It is not good branding. That is Stockholm syndrome. Uh, You are rationalizing something that you hate. It is not good. Uh, And neither is that game. It's going to be weird. And we're not in England. Like, stop it. Go away. What if they called them the Washington football club? I, I genuinely think that if it was Washington Football Club, that fans would have been even more angry. If they, if like, just like, <laughs> it's like math to would a, fans be calling them the Washington Football Club? Probably, <laughs> and actually, I think that'd be pretty cool. I actually think that would be good branding. Or if they, or if you so. try to introduce uh, football fans to like how soccer teams in in Spain say racing, it's rathing. So like Rathing Washington, that would be, oh, that would be really funny too. I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, I did not there know that. is I didn't know there's a that. USL club called Rathing Louisville, and there's that's an impossible sell to get both of those words said correctly. Uh, <laughs> Give me your first pick. My my first pick is gonna be the Chargers, who are favored by seven and a half over the Jaguars. And what I think I learned about from the Lions-Jaguar game was less about how good the Lions are and more about how bad the Jaguars are. Every year in week one of the NFL, there's like one game that is just like a weird throwaway kind of skews, skews results for longer than it should. And I think that that game was the Jaguars beating the Colts. I think that the Jaguars are kind of not so secretly in the bottom three or four teams in the NFL. Uh, and I think that the Chargers are like kind of below average, so I think they win by ten. Yeah, um, and then the Jaguars not only week one, but then they came out in week two and only lost by three to the Titans. So that's kind of why I was holding on to a little hope that they were not going to yeah. be what might be the second or third worst team in the league. But it's I mean after last week where they only scored sixteen points against this Lion defense, missing uh, Coleman and missing Trufant. That's not very good, but we'll talk more about that later. I don't hate that pick. That spread just seems a little big for two teams that neither one is a good team even, or maybe not even average. Yeah, I would say that of the five picks I'm going to make, that's my fourth pick, my second least favorite Yeah, But I I kind of like the Chargers. I think that they're going to put up points against this shitty team. What's your second pick? My second pick, this one's got me worried, okay, just because – it feels like the spread is too small for what we've been seeing this year. Uh, and I understand last week happened, but I have Green Bay minus three and a half at mm. Texans. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand they got the shit kicked out of them last week by Tampa. 
But Green Bay has been really good this year, and Houston's been really bad. And I understand that's a simple way to break that down. But sometimes sports can be that simple. So three and a half feels small. And as we know, when Vegas has a weird line like that, normally something funky happens. Uh, they tend to just kind of know. Um, but the Texans are one in five. The only thing I think that could make this happen is if it's a 10-point game late and the Texans find a way to get a garbage-time touchdown. Uh, but if everything goes how it should, even with the small injuries Green Bay's dealing with, not to small-time players like Jair Alexander and Bakhtari and Darnell Savage, but it sounds like all those guys are going to play, I think they should win this game by at least 10 points, probably 14. Uh, I've, I actually really agree with kind of your basic analysis, but part of what it, the basicness of it is kind of what scares me away from that line because yes, I agree with you exactly. it's like, well, the Packers are good and the Texans have been not good. And maybe that's just like the Deshaun Watson respect kind of coming through. And I think also like as Lions fans, we've seen the Packers play some stinker games. We've just seen them play games that weren't good before. Uh, but I, I didn't pick that game, but I, I agree with you. I have it circled, and I wrote, why am I so scared of this next to it? It's it's just one of those weird Vegas spreads, man. The, that thought spooky will never Halloween escape line. my mind. Yeah, ooh, ooh, our spooky Halloween line of the week. Spooky Halloween line. Uh, what uh, do you got next? I'm going to take Tampa Bay by four over the Raiders. So I'm I'm going a little I'm going a little bolder this week. Every Raiders offensive lineman is currently not practicing because uh, not because they tested positive for COVID, but because they were in the vicinity of somebody who did test positive. So for now, they are all being retested and they're all being held out of practice. I imagine that most of them will play. I would be very surprised if I wouldn't be very surprised if maybe one or two of them didn't play. Uh, and I think that's enough because I think the Buccaneers are fucking really good. Well, the way NFL locker rooms are and the way offensive line groups are specifically, yes. if one of them tests positive, probably all of them are going to test positive. I mean, they are together for 8 to 12 hours a day, just either in meeting rooms or on the field, and they're, I mean, they're right next to each other. So – they really better hope that nobody's there. Otherwise, that could be the easiest pick of the entire week if if yeah. more if than two, two of them test positive. I think even if two of them – like we've seen it with offensive lines that they're kind of chemistry-based almost sometimes. Uh, you know, when you make one swap, sometimes it seems like an offensive line can get dramatically worse. I think we've kind of seen that a little bit over the years with the Lions as they've built that offensive line. Uh, like Big V didn't have a very good first or second week, but was better after that. So plugging in new people on the offensive line is bad. Uh, and I think the Buccaneers are going to be about as healthy as they've been on offense. Uh, generally, they'll have Chris, Chris Godwin back at full strength finally. And I know Vita Vea is not playing, but it doesn't matter to me. I, I, the Raiders are like good, but this is kind of out of their hands. So obviously Tampa – as we've already talked about here, beat the holy hell out of Green Bay last week, 38-10. to 10. Do you think that was more Green Bay just having one of those weeks, or do you think it was Tampa's coming out party of saying, we're legit, oh, we're yeah. fighting for this whole thing this year? I like Tampa's coming out party. I like that a lot. I mean, the, the, the Packers <laughs> shit in the bed. 
Aaron Rodgers, 16 for 35, 160 yards, two interceptions, no touchdowns last week. That actually, that makes me feel better about my Texans or my Green Bay over Texans pick because yeah. he ain't doing that shit two weeks in a row. For sure. There is no chance. All right, my third pick, uh, and this is one I like a lot, uh, is the Panthers plus seven and a half at New Orleans. Um, seven and a half points is a lot of points, even after a seven point loss to the Bears last week, which we both got wrong. Um, or I'm sorry, you got wrong. I got right. Uh, yeah. I expect Mike Davis to have a big game. I, I don't know. I think it's going to be like Mike Davis v. Elvin Kamara most of this game. Uh, and then on top of that, you have the Saints defense, which isn't very good. The Panthers defense, which is okay. And Teddy Two Gloves just doing what he does. And that's Nickel and Diamond his way down the field. Five to seven yard passes, a good completion percentage, doesn't turn the ball over a ton. Um, and then you start looking at betting statistics for this. Carolina is four and one against the spread in the last five games against the Saints. And the Saints over their last six games total are two and four against the spread. So the Panthers like to cover against the Saints and the Saints don't like to cover this year. That was kind of the line that I was going to pick instead of like the Chargers line, basically. Uh, but I, I got hurt by the Panthers last week and now I kind of want to wait and see. Uh, yeah, I want to wait and see with the Panthers. I want to wait one more week. The The... I mean, the Saints, like they, it sounds like we might not have Michael Thomas back again for uh, a reason that I, I, I'm not sure if I know. Uh, oh, he doesn't doesn't practice. Yeah, it was ham, hamstring and knee, I believe, or hamstring and ankle. So it was two two things now. I'm going to say he's not playing. And if you get this at seven and a half before that's announced, yeah, get it at uh, seven and a half. Yeah, I mostly agree with you. I think I mostly agree with you on that. Uh, uh, before we move on real quick, since this is something we talked about last week and we didn't get to do a normal show this week, I want to get your thoughts. The Bears won again. How close are we to saying this is at least a, a good team? Not great, not very good, but good. I mean, they're 5-1. Five, five and one. Let's, wait, let's wait a minute on that because I, I, I do have something on that. Uh, my third pick uh, is going to be the Lions who are two-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Falcons. Uh, and I know that the Falcons are, like, kind of the exact kind of team on offense that would probably rough up the Lions. Todd Gurley's carrying it, like, 15, 20 times a game right now for, like, 50 yards, which means that they're just putting them right up the middle. Uh, the offense looked a lot better last week from a passing game perspective, uh, but I, I don't think that the Falcons are very good, uh, and I don't think Todd Gurley has been as good as maybe some of his fantasy numbers have indicated because uh, he's been a pretty solid fantasy running back, but I don't, I just don't think that they're very good, and I think that not having their coach will show this week. I can't believe Todd Gurley is allowing the Atlanta Falcons to empty the gas tank on him. <laughs> like, I mean, that's what's happening. Todd Gurley doesn't have a ton of carries left in his career. Yeah. And the amount of touches he's getting for this god-awful team that is the closest resembling team to the Lions that you will see is just is just wild. Just, like, sit out. Fake an injury if you have to. Do not, do not get this many touches for this bad of a team. You're not getting paid in the offseason regardless. It, like, just... Just take it easy. Let somebody else step in front of you. 12 touches a game, 10 touches a game, something like that. Because 
you're throwing the rest of your career away for a team that's going to win four games. If that. Uh, that's funny. Uh, I agree with that. Uh, so do you want to talk about the, Lion- the Lions-Jaguars game a little bit right now? Do you- Since we're talking about that pick, do you have that pick somewhere? I do not. I don't like that. Trufant's going to be out. Coleman's going to be out. Or Coleman might be back, but Trufant sounds like he's going to be out. Um, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, I'm good. I'm good on that. I'm going to stay away. Not to mention, like you said, they like to run the ball up the middle with Todd Gurley, and this defense couldn't stop me running up the middle. So, Is is Okuda going to be on Julio Jones this week? Is that the way that that breaks down then? Uh, either him or Ridley. I'd probably put a Warrior on Jones because a Warrior is a little bit bigger uh, and put Okuda over on Ridley. Um, but, I mean, it's all going to come down to, as it has for every single win in Matt Patricia's tenure here, when we put pressure on the quarterback, the system works. But when you just say the system is only in the secondary and it's only about coverage, it's never going to work. Last week, ton of pressure. I know it was Jacksonville, but a ton of pressure, and it worked. They didn't have the time to get the ball into those weak spots of the secondary. The defense seemed like it really you know, did take a step. And, again, I know it's Jacksonville, but over the bye week – but we've seen this before. We've seen a win against the Cardinals, against the Patriots a couple years ago, which me and you both will bring up on the show consistently, is when they do have these good defensive performances, it's because the D-line created pressure and made the quarterback hurry up a little bit. If you can't do that, you're not going to win, especially against an offense that has the ceiling that this Falcons offense has. I know it's not MVP Matt Ryan. It's not even prime Julio Jones, but guess what? Now you have a new top 20, top 15 receiver in the league in Calvin Ridley. Um, a couple other good offensive pieces. You got Todd Gurley who can catch the ball out of the backfield. So let's see if they can do it two weeks in a row, you know? He hasn't done that a lot this year. He hasn't caught the ball out of the backfield very much this year. Uh, but, yeah, it's an interesting matchup. Uh, I, I thought that the Lions on defense looked really physical physical in a way that they haven't looked yet this season that was my big takeaway from the jaguars game other than the fact that the jaguars are just shit terrible so it seems like to me the lions are pretty firmly out of the like bottom five like they're out of that like jets giants jaguars uh maybe the falcons and the vikings are in that pile kind of like bad team like ultra bad team group and i think they're pretty firmly in the like regular bad team group with like the Bengals. And Pick between like seven and thirteen at the end of the year. Yeah. So we're and what does that do for you? Not a whole lot, right? Not a whole ton. So if you win this week, you're three and three, and that's interesting. And you're I by guess. the way, you you're if you win this three week and, and the Rams lose, you could be a game out of the playoffs, which I don't want to talk about, but I do want to point. Whoa! That shut out. your shut <laughs> your mouth. <laughs> I do want to point that out. Like, at least you can watch with a little bit of hope, even though we know that's the worst thing you can possibly have as Lions fans. You can at least watch with the, oh, wouldn't this be a great story? Um, it won't be, just so everybody knows. It won't be a great story. But if the Rams lose, schedule's, schedule's not, cake. It's not that easy. I disagree with that. Uh, so after the Falcons, it's Colt, who are good, Vikings, who are bad, Washington, who's Probably we're probably about the same as Washington right now. No, we're uh, better than Washington. 
Panthers who are good, Texans who are bad. Okay, so Average. maybe you're right, actually. Yeah. I'm kind of walking myself through this and changing my mind. But Bears, Packers, Titans, Bucks, there's Vikings a, to finish. There's a four-game stretch. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't want to start talking about the this is how you could make the playoffs if you do this, this, and this because we know it's That's not going to go that way. Um, <laughs> but just know that like you could at least kind of be in the running halfway through the season. Yeah, so actually I'm almost like talking myself out of the pick for this, but – uh, I th- I don't think that those Vikings games are going to be like super awesome games for us, even if Dalvin Cook isn't playing. Uh, it just feels I just <laughs> like the the Washington game worries me, the Panthers game worries me, and the Texans game worries me. I don't think that the Lions are head and shoulders above any of those teams. No. I don't even know if I think that they'll be favored in any of those games, even if Washington loses this week. It, it'll depend on what happens this week, I think. But you want to know, the one thing I'm I'm actually looking forward to hopefully eventually seeing with this Lions team is when your secondary can have Trufant, Okuda, Coleman, and Awarie, which we haven't been able to have since the first half of the season. Um, and Trufant pretty much haven't been able to have him the whole time since then except for uh, half of football, essentially. Um, so I, I'm excited to see what it looks like when we can have all four of those guys to see if it's any better. Um, but I do I think it can turn this team into a nine and seven, ten and six type of team? No, I don't. I especially not with that four game stretch at the end of the season. Um, but they could really fool you in these next couple weeks if they get a little hot. How do you spell a warrior? Oh, R Y like warrior. Yeah, it's. Yeah, O R U W A R L Y E. Okay. Yeah, it's a mess that name, and nobody can say it. I'm not even 100. percent I say it correctly. I think I do though, but I'm not 100. percent um, So a warrior was a fifth round pick last year. I just wanted to like look that up. Yeah, Kinda but he's been. That's a great, and I don't say that lightly. That's a great fifth round pick. That guy's going to be a good corner for a long time. He's Andrew already Jackson, good. Jonah Jackson's looking like a really good fourth round pick this year. This He's is the this, like see, this is the Dan this is the weird Dan Quinn thing, man. Is that he is just <laughs> sorry. We've been talking about the Falcons a lot, right there. Thank you. Uh, the weird uh, the weird Stan Quinn thing here is that uh, he hits these like weird fifth fourth round guys, but like like Jared Davis is I think pretty firmly a rotation guy in this defense now. Or like, and the only reason why that's even a thing is because Jelani Tavai has like also kind of not been, you know, he's been no, fi- no, he's, fine no, maybe. I, like, no, he's bad. He's bad. Yeah. Which so. you know is not an easy thing for me to say. I love Jelani Tavai, but uh, he's not very good at National Football League football. Um. But, like, so I don't think the big, huge thing with Bob Quinn is that this guy can't draft, period, right? He has been able to hit on some late-round picks. But you also, you can't just be good there. You have to be good there, and you have to find a star in the first round. Or you have to find a star in the fourth round. You can find good players all day in those mid to late rounds. Every team can do that. And then on top of that, Sign somebody who didn't play for the Patriots and have them make an impact on this team. Just uh, one. Jabal Sheard might end up being that guy, but we'll see. He looked – it was good to have him. I was glad to – I would have shaken that man's hand. You know, I was glad to have him on the team, that's for sure. Let me see. Uh, I thought one of the things that I did like 
was that they went to TJ Hawkinson three times in a row at like the two yard line or the one yard line on a goal line stand. Uh, and I thought that was like, that was what I was looking for. Uh, TJ Hawkinson's like an awesome, huge, perfect red zone target. They just let him run out and it's great. I like that. I like that they're doing that. I hope they continue to do it. Now, if they could start executing it, though, that would be even better because he did two for 17. Two for 17 is not enough. That's not enough for DJ Hawkinson or close. I know he had a touchdown, but I think uh, so. I I was trying really hard to watch two players specifically. One was Akuda and one was Hawkinson. And I didn't do a very good job of trying to of following Akuda, but that's just because I need to like learn how to do that. But watching Hawkinson, I think the thing is that they use him as a blocker like a shitload. And he's really good at it. He's yeah, that's... an awesome blocker. So it, it's it's and they also like they're still not playing Jesse James enough, you know? They're still yeah, like, no, I agree. Although they've good. they've started getting that a little bit more yeah. under control. We have seen him more the last couple weeks. Now, as far as Okuda goes, I think last week was his best week yet. He had eight tackles. He got beat a couple times, but when you're focusing so hard on any D-back, it, you know, there's almost always yeah. going to be a couple mistakes. Um, but, man, that dude was hitting hard. Yeah. And like you said earlier, off. the whole Lions defense was, but Okuda was hitting yeah. hard, not missing, missing tackles. He looked like the guy at Ohio State where if there was a screenplay called, that screenplay wasn't going anywhere because he was blowing that shit up. Um, so I, I feel like he's gotten better every week and that's all you can ask for. He's a, you know, he's a corner. It's going to take a little bit of time as we've been saying all year. I'm, I'm, I never jumped off the Jeff Okuda bandwagon, but it's gaining steam again. It was slowing down, getting ready for me to jump off. And now it's starting to pick back. It's going downhill now, you know, in a good way though, picking up some speed. I just think we'll it's, see how it goes. I think it's just super tough for, probably for him as a guy who didn't have a preseason, didn't have a training camp, didn't really have a traditional rookie, whatever off season. And it's like, okay, week two, here's Devonte Adams, dude, have fun. Like, even if it was only for a half, that's gotta like hurt your confidence. Cause that's, uh, he makes like oh, good yeah. corners look bad. So no, I agree. And then on top of He's that, just the pressure of being the number three overall pick with mixed in with all of those components, it's not going to be great for a 21, 22-year-old kid. But I think the – It's also coming online. That's what – yeah, that's the guy we need to talk about. Yeah. 14 carries, 116 yards, two touchdowns, also three grabs, only for seven yards, but still three catches out of the backfield, nice little safety valve, 8.3 yards per carry. I mean, that's that that looked like the guy. That looked like the guy you're hoping to draft, and you draft a running back in you know one of the first two running backs, three running backs taken off the board. You're looking for a star. You're not looking for another guy. And even though he has the opportunity this year to be another guy instead of that star, um, you got to kind of hope that this is the week where they look at him and they go, look what he did last week. Adrian Peterson's still out carried him 15 carries to 14, and Peterson's still going to get his carries next week. But Swift should be touching the ball between 15 and 20 times every week from this point forward. Uh, 10 to 15 for me. I think I still want to – I'm still good with, like, kind of slowly bringing him along because Adrian Peterson's playing well. They're still carrying Johnson to get some some stuff. I know, like, Peterson gets all the, like – 
run two yards and fall over runs. That's, I think, kind of <laughs> – he's kind of like Frank Gore and that he's like kind of the, almost the perfect guy for that to get three yards on first down. Uh, but we haven't really seen Karrion Johnson a ton. And, you know, I think it's good. I think that bringing DeAndre Swift along slowly is good. This is Adrian Peterson since week three. 22 carries for 75 yards, which is 3.4 yards per carry. Yeah. 11 carries for 36 yards, which is 3.3 yards per carry. And 15 carries for 40 yards, which is 2.7 yards a carry. If you want to bring him in on third and one, if you want to have him every once in a while on first and 10, try to fall forward for four or five yards, fine. But DeAndre Swift, last week, with the draft capital you've spent on, spent on him, he doesn't have the injury history of on Johnson in my opinion, should be the featured back of this offense. And I understand you're still going to split it up, but 10 carries is not – 10 touches is not enough. It's just it's, – for a guy who's got the potential that DeAndre Swift has, the straight line speed, the agility side to side, the vision out of the backfield, the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, the ability to block. I mean, there's no carry on Johnson when it comes to blocking, but that's why you have carry on Johnson. Yeah. Um you, I mean, he's he could be the thing that turns your offense from good to great. And he did that last week against the Jags. This offense looked okay. Stafford looked okay, not great by any means. Still waiting to see last year's Stafford. Um, and Swift turned this offense into something that you really couldn't stop no matter what you did. Good, not great from Stafford. Yeah, which, you know, we expect a little bit more, I feel like. And he needs to be, you know, he needs to be great. He plays for the Detroit Lions. What else? You got anything else on the Lions? I mean, before we get back to our money line and locks? No, Lions are, you know, they're line, They're going to Lions it up this year and somehow squeak six or seven wins out, I guess. Yeah, whatever. Whatever gets Patricia fired at the end, we're fine. That's fine, yeah. All right, All right let's move on to our locks of the week. I'm going to go first here. This is a game I'm really looking forward to watching, and that is the Battle of Ohio. The Cleveland Browns are minus three. <laughs> At Cincinnati, I'm taking the Browns, minus three. Uh, Cincinnati allows sixth most yards per game on the ground. It's the exact opposite of the formula I lose, used last week where the Steelers allowed the third least yards on the ground. Cincinnati allows 142.3 yards per game on the ground. Uh, Browns are going to run all over them, keep time of possession. You're not going to have to see Baker throwing the ball all over the place. The Bengals' offense is not going to be able to get into a groove because uh, they just won't be on the field enough. Um, so I'm going to say 100, uh, unless Mixon goes for 150 all-purpose yards in this game, the Browns should win this one rather easily. That is also my lock of the week. Uh, the Browns have a great defensive line, and Miles Garrett, who's like third for Defensive Player of the Year voting or whatever, uh, and the Bengals do not have an offensive line. Nor do they have – I mean, they have an okay defense. But I think that Baker's going to come out and chuck it. I think he needs to come out and chuck it this week. He needs to come out and chuck it this week. And I think that that will happen. So let me get this straight. You think Baker's going to chuck it and you're making the Browns your lock? Yes. Oof. Okay. I got to disagree heavily, but uh, I respect the – Wait, uh, are you voting for the bank? Are you uh, – No, no, I'm going Bengals? with the Browns. I just okay. think Baker's going to have 160 yards through the air like he has every time they've won this season. I think he's going to have 250 through there. How many of those go to Odell? Uh, 65 to 75. Okay. All right. 
I'll take that as long as he scores a touchdown for my. But fantasy I'm gonna say, team. yeah, I think he gets a pick, and I also, how about this? I think that Odell has 25 yards in another way, whether that's passing or running, he will have 25 additional yards. It's still a run balanced offense, but I think that Baker knows that like it is becoming the time when you need to like really show everybody what you're about for real. It's been long enough. It is now time. Yeah, we're so. a year and a half into him not being very good. So, I think we're a year and a half into him being average. Mm, I would disagree. I mean, he threw, what, 18 interceptions last year or something, an absurd amount. He He's hasn't been good when he has to throw the ball. Yeah, you got to throw some touchdowns if you yeah. want to be a gunslinger. Um, all right, money line upset of the week. I'm going to let you go first on this one. I am taking the Bears at plus 230 on the money line this week. Uh, I don't know, man. Maybe I was just wrong about the Bears, and maybe I should either be right about the Bears by betting on them and letting them lose, or I should be wrong about the Bears and they'll win, and I'll continue to be wrong about the Bears, but I'll have made money off of it. That's true. Um, that, that would be a tough one for me, although I'm kind of – I've liked how I've got the Bears right it's, a lot what lately. Is, it's but... six, right? It's six, the Bears by six – or the Rams by six, right? Yeah, Rams by six. Uh, I like the. I, and you like the Bears to beat them straight up. I like the Bears to beat them straight up. I don't hate it. I mean, we've we've they're five and one, man. Like, a, you if you win football games, you win football games. It doesn't matter how you get it done, and they have found a way to get it done five out of six tries so far. So I don't hate the pick. I wouldn't make that my pick personally, but at plus two thirty, I mean that's good value. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, speaking of value, uh-huh. I decided to go for the big one this week. So I'm looking at this very strategically. If I can hit this pick on my money line, it's going to take you some time to catch up. Ooh, the whole kielbasa, huh? So do you want to know what I'm taking as my money line pick? Are you ready? Uh, Give me one I guess. guess. Is yeah. it the Broncos? Are you going to take the Broncos over the Chiefs? Okay, well, no, I don't know what. The Jets plus 460 over the Bills. <laughs> that flies in the face of everything that you've said over the first two to three weeks where you were like, Josh Allen's the MVP. All right, a couple things because I wanted to touch on that. One, Josh Allen took his name out of the running for the MVP this past game against the Chiefs where he was just booty. Uh, two, I do not think the Jets are going to win this game or it probably won't be close. I think the spread is 12 and a half. But if I hit it, I have 460. <laughs> I have 460 money line points in our standings. I, I'm in the lead by a wide margin. Even so if you, even if we both hit, yeah, I'm playing to win. I'm not. I'm not playing not to lose. I am here to win. Um, so Jets plus 460 over the Bills. No on-field statistical strategy to this. Only standing strategy. I'm here to beat you. I want to lock up the tiebreaker. That will be our money line points. Interesting. Uh, interesting, interesting. <laughs> Next to the Bills-Jets game, I wrote, is 12 and a, is 12 and a half enough points to give <laughs> Probably the Jets? Not. I'm not sure. Do you know what the I biggest spread? The Bills. Do you know what the biggest spread in NFL history is? Uh, no, what is it? I, I, I'm going to need you to look this up to confirm it, but I believe it is the Denver Broncos were plus or minus 26 against the Jaguars when they faced them when Manning threw his 53 touchdown season. 
they had come out. Manning had had like five straight games with four touchdowns, and they were favored by like twenty six points. Yikes! That's insane. I'm not sure if that number is completely correct, but it's right around there. So that's a lot of points. A lot of uh, points. So okay. So if I hit the Bears over the Rams, I'm also going to be a pretty good. I'm going to have a pretty good gap on you. You're going to have to start taking some swings for sure. Yeah. So we'll All right. See. So this week I wanted to throw a little something in that is going to count for the standings. Extra bonus pick, Titans minus one versus the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Who you got? Titans. I almost picked the Titans. I, uh, I'm going Steelers. Okay. I'm You're jumping on the bandwagon. That. I'm jumping on the bandwagon. Uh, well, wait a minute. It's for the same reason. You're getting on the bandwagon at the wrong time. You're Why? you're buying high. The Steelers the, the Steelers just lost their like defensive captain, Michigan's own Devin Bush, and I think that at least this week that's going to hurt them a lot. They're still going to be able to stop the run. They're still going to be able to stop Derrick Henry as, as good as anybody. Uh, yeah, but stopping Derrick Henry as good as anybody this year is, I think, proving to be like kind of like a uh, the the example I wanted to use is not an example I can use on this podcast. It's it's like being the it's like being the shortest player in the NBA almost. Fine, then, really, then, then, it's, then it's 2015 Isaiah Thomas, baby. That's what this is right here, okay? Come on, uh, man, that's good. I beat you on that. I got you on no, that. No, I was trying – I'm still trying to think. I, like, pretzeled my own brain by having to go to what my second, my second metaphor. My whole brain, like, shut down and needed to reboot for a second there. Uh, I got a big error message in my head. All right, well, good. I'm happy you picked the Titans. I picked the Steelers because now we're on opposite sides again. That will count for the standings next week. So, all right. Uh, before... Yeah. Do you have anything else about any of the other games that you think is interesting? I got a couple prop bets, just two this week, but I got a couple for you. Okay. First okay. one: Lions Falcons over under fifty five. Over. Over. All day, every way day. over. Like yes. give me sixty four to seventy one. Yeah. yeah, like in that in that range. Neither I of love those teams that over. can play pass defense. I'm throwing some money on that over two or probably tonight. I'll probably put it on there. Um, let me pull this up real quick. What's do you have the over under for Titan Steelers? Because you should take the under on that. I, I think that game's going to be like a seventeen fourteen Titans game. Titans Steelers over under is 50 and a half. Under. Under. Yeah, I think I like the under there too. Um, and now I want to hear actually no. We'll we'll skip to this next thing. All right, odds to win the NFC East. <sighs> okay. The Andy Dalton led Dallas Cowboys are minus 150. The joke of a team, the Philadelphia Eagles are plus 120. The Daniel Jones-led Saquon Barkley-less New York Giants are plus 800. And the product of Dan Snyder, the Washington football team, is plus 900. Uh, I think I took the Eagles. I think that they kind of figure a few things out. Uh, getting Plus 120, I like that. I like plus 120 on the Eagles to win that shit-ass division. 
I like plus 122, but I would be lying to you if I told you that I wasn't at least intrigued with plus 900 with Washington. Uh, yeah, totally. I mean, They're at still, least intrigued. <laughs> All they have to do is win like a couple of division games, and that's probably it for them. So. That's all anybody in this division has to do. Anybody gets hot for a four-week stretch at the right time of the season, and you're gone. You're good. Um, let's see. How do you feel I... about uh, Broncos Chiefs this week? It's uh, Kansas City by nine and a half. I'm staying away from the Broncos for like two weeks. Yeah, I'm going to stay away from that. Drew Locke's there. Obviously, they had a good week last week. Ten points is a lot. And Kansas City, like, even though they're one of the best teams in the NFL, I don't know if any team in the NFL is like the world beater of all world beaters where you see a ten-point spread and you're like, yeah, I'm taking that for sure, especially against a decent team like Denver, who's not horrible. Drew Locke's, like I said, Drew Locke's back, which is huge for them. Uh, We're waiting for that Jerry Judy breakout, but I'm not touching that game one way or the other. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, that is all I have. Oh, sorry. I was actually stall. I was stalling for you. I thought you had something else. Well, no, I was going to ask you about uh, – th- I, I put in a couple bets for myself on Thursday Night Football, but then I realized by the time this game – this comes up, Thursday Night Football will be ending. If you want to hear them real start. quick, I'll just, I'll just tell you them just, just so people listening later can either laugh at me or go, damn, that guy's good. I got under 39 and a half yards for the longest touchdown in the game. I have over one and a half total touchdowns scored by the Giants. And I have the first score from the Giants being via the field goal. That one I'm just kind of guessing on, but whatever. I mean, you probably, that's probably what, like 75% of their points this year? Yeah, right? That It feels <laughs> like that. And I got it, I got it at even. I got it at even. Um, the one I really like, though, is total touchdowns for the Giants over one and a half. I mean, they're going to get two touchdowns. Probably. Uh, how do you feel about uh, Tua? About Tua I'm coming to play? Pumped. I am pumped. Uh, I think that, honestly, somehow, some way, I think Fitzpatrick has made himself the bigger story here. Uh, but I think Tua is going to be awesome. He's going to light it up from day one. And this team is going to show they are playoff contenders with Tua under center. Uh, I mean, for for NFL fans who don't watch a lot of college, they've heard about Tua and they know about Tua. But until you've seen the precision with which this guy throws the ball, the lines he puts them on, they go exactly where he needs them, you won't understand. And I think people are going to see that week one. So my theory is that the Dolphins had always planned – to use the bye week to prepare Tua to play his first NFL game. And I think originally that was going to be in like week 11 or something like that. Uh, and when they moved it up because of whatever game got hashtag COVID it did, uh, they kind of just were like, ah, we're still going to do it. Uh, and I agree with you that Ryan Fitzpatrick has made himself the bigger story here. And I think that's going to be to his detriment. Uh, because if he just kind of was like, oh, shit, like him on the sidelines watching Tua play is very like kind of a paternal instinct, I think. He's like he's rooting for him. He's super excited. And then he goes, oh, shit, like that kid's replacing me. And now I hate him. And I think that's kind of a kind of a tough. Kind it was of a tough just look. it was just such a bad look, man. I mean, yeah. you are a career journeyman. The number five overall pick in the NFL draft is sitting behind you. You've been good. Um, good. 
But we know how it goes with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and that's once you reach midseason, that every bit of good he's done goes away completely. He starts throwing interceptions like crazy. He gets too full of himself and just starts chucking it like he thinks he's Brett Favre. Um, and then to come out and make this about you, uh, you're at the twilight part of your career, and you are going to go out and say, now I have to sit in a meeting room with the guy who took my job and the guy who fired me. is just incredibly selfish incredibly be better at football i don't i mean i know you've been good but not good enough to keep the number five pick on the bench be better at football stop being such a bitch about it when you lose your job because you knew what was going to happen even when you got to miami last year at the time you thought damn i might lose this might be getting josh rosen ready so if it's going to be tua instead of josh rosen of course you're going to lose your job um, now, did you see a video of this quote, or did you only read the quote? Rich quote. The Now I have to sit in a meeting with the guy who fired me and the guy who took my job all week. I guess I've only read the quote. There's a was... small part of me that wonders, because I've only read it as well, a small part of me that wonders if he had like a little bit of sarcasm to it, because this isn't the first time Ryan Fitzpatrick has lost his job. Yeah, maybe, but I think that this is the best that he's been playing when he lost his job. Because he's maybe. been he's been good. They're coming off like a you know a pretty good win. I mean, the Jets are maybe the worst NFL team of all time, but like uh, you know they won twenty four nothing or twenty seven nothing or whatever. So that that counts for something. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I agree with you that he's a career journeyman and he's been replaced before, and he's you know he's talking like. Uh, you know, I might this might be my last NFL game ever. Well, that's on you, my dude. That's on you. That's your decision. Yeah, you could go not... and play in the NFL still. There's going to be you could go try to compete with Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville if that's if that's what he wants to do. The other maybe thought, just just a maybe thought. I think if it was going to happen, it probably would have happened by now. Is that Fitzpatrick? You know, what if he's getting traded to Dallas? Contracts up after this year, better than Andy Dalton. Uh, do the cow? Yeah, I mean, what what would you give up if you're the Cowboys for Fitzpatrick? Sixth round pick. That's all it would take. Fifth round pick, maybe. Yeah, probably sixth. Sixth, like next year too. I bet would get it done. Um, especially after the comments, right? Like Tua doesn't want that guy sitting behind him now. I, I if I'm Brian Flores, I wouldn't want that guy sitting behind Tua now. It's tough because like if Tua comes out and bombs, like. He could have been in next week. I know that they're saying, like, it's him from now on, but if Tua came out and didn't play well, I, I genuinely think they'd go back to Fitzpatrick if yeah, they this, believe that they're a playoff team. This also must be in Tua's tearing it up in camp because, like we Probably. said, Fitz, yeah. Fitz is playing pretty well, So, and they're yeah, he, 500. They're as good as they've been in five, six years. So yeah, They're as least. good as they've been since before Jake Long, Michigan Zone, played for their team. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to see that debut, though. And as a Lions fan, it has a little bit more meaning because if he goes out there and just starts tearing it up, then uh, what could have been starts coming oh, out. Oh, I just – I know. I, I know that that was, like, a big thing, but you know where I stand with that, where Matt Sta Matt, <laughs> Matt, uh, Matt Stafford's still really good, and I think Tua would have been waiting a year or two behind Matt Stafford to play. Probably. You know what? You know who else is really good? 
Aaron Rodgers. You want to know what the Packers did? Drafted a quarterback to sit behind him. That's you want to know who was good? Different. You want to know who was good 12 years ago? Brett Favre. You want to know what the Packers did? A first-round quarterback to sit behind him. And look at what the Packers are doing now. And it, it can't even when they took Aaron Rodgers out at the, at like the third quarter, it still wasn't Jordan Love playing, which is yeah, not well they, good. It was a, that's because that was that was just a bad player analysis but like the idea of taking a guy and letting him sit behind your really really good quarterback and not ryan fitzpatrick makes sense and if this season was going how it's going we'd be seeing Tua next year but whatever it's just sure. got a little extra meeting for lions fans that's it nothing pat, major. Mahomes, pat mahomes is the best is the best example of that of course sat yeah. behind alex smith for 15 games or whatever so. that was luck though. uh maybe a little maybe a little uh the patriots are two-point favorites against the 49ers. Uh, do you have a- any thoughts about taking a pick in this game? Nope. This is a big no thank you from me, dog. Yeah, like, not after what I, I saw from the Niners last week. <laughs> I, I just not – and then what I saw from the Patriots as well last week. Like, I'm good. I don't know if Cam Newton's working in New England. Yeah. I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo's any good. Or both of those things could both be very good. So I'm staying away for like three more weeks from both of those teams because I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, we need more information on both of those teams. It's kind of like the Buccaneers, man. You don't want to make a judgment until six weeks into the season with that team. And now we know it turns out that they're really good. Yep. Yep. All right. That's it. Cool. Fan to fan Detroit. Picks. Bonus uh, pod. Next Tuesday. Uh, with for sure a Big Brother bonus bod, and then a regular Is episode week? as well. Uh, I'm like two episodes behind. I forget exactly where Big Brother is at. Do you want to attack five minutes of Big Brother bod on right here? I'm six episodes behind. Oh, what? Yeah. That's not good. That's or not five. Good. five right? What's well, today? Thursday? So five after today. Yeah. Uh, you actually, there's a you got a good week coming ahead. Okay, good. The most interesting week, in my opinion, of Big Brother play of the season was last good. week. Good, good. All right, well, tune in uh, Tuesday if you want to hear that. We'll have it uploaded on Apple Podcasts. That'll be up on Monday. Monday. Sorry. Monday? <laughs> yes. Monday, Apple Podcast and Spotify. Same with Fan to Fan Detroit. And then Tuesday, 7.30, the live video podcast form. Uh, that'll be, like I just said, Tuesday at 7.30. Follow us both on Twitter at Fan2FanDetroit. That is the number two. Or at Parker underscore Hammond, H-A-M-M-O-N. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you Tuesday and then again for the show next week.